0: Welcome back to the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. I am your host, Dr. TK. And today we are going to continue a part two to hiring lessons and blessings. And so today I'm going to be sharing with you seven lessons that I have learned in my business over the last seven plus years and also how they have turned into blessings. So if you have not had the opportunity to check out the first part, it is in the previous episode But as a recap, um, but definitely go listen to it, I shared how I started my mental health business back in 2012, how I started a private practice, then it grew into a group practice. I hired therapists, interns, an admin team, and also these individuals were classified as contractors and or consultants. So part one was mainly focused on hiring for my group practice, specifically Therapist. And today I want to talk about the back office administrative team. So I'm going to share with you seven tips or hacks that I believe will help you grow your business and be able to run an efficient team. And so number one is understanding the role, okay? So when you hire someone, especially for your admin team, you want to determine what task will they be responsible for completing. Um, Now, one way to do this, and I share it in our Dope Therapist community, is to do a time audit. So if you know that you're working too much, but you're really not sure exactly what this individual would be doing, whether they be a customer service agent or a general VA when you first hire them, even with general VAs, you have to give them some type of guidance. And so when you do a time audit, it'll give you a clear indicator of where you are spending your time. And then from there, you would look at... What are the items on this list that I no longer want to do that I'm not good at doing or it's not my genius zone? So those are tasks that you can determine if they will go into one role or maybe a few roles, because one of the bonus nuggets that I'll give you under role is not every team member can do everything. Okay, so with the role, you wanna do a time audit and get a clear understanding of currently where your time goes before you go out and recruit for somebody to handle your back office, maybe do consultation calls, maybe do your medical billing, whatever it is for admin, you wanna make sure that you understand what task you will be handing off to them. Number two is schedule. So you have to know in this day and age are you remote? Or you in the office or are you both? Whether you have a group practice or solo practice, you have to know when you are hiring someone, will they also work online at the office or a mixture of both? Now, please keep in mind that when you hire someone working remotely online, you have to understand that comes with a certain type of mindset, accountability. And integrity. Not everybody can actually work efficiently at home. They will not get work done. So, you definitely want to include some of those questions if you, especially, are having people work from home, part time or full time. You want to have some of those questions embedded in your interview process to determine. What is their capacity to work in their home space and what does their home space look like? For example, I have a three-year-old son right now. And so if I was someone's VA and let's just say my son wasn't in school, then that will be a problem, especially if I don't have help, because that means that I have to do things for your business, but I also have to cater to the needs of a three-year-old child that is not self-sufficient. So other than a remote or office, you also want to find out regarding scheduling, what is their availability? Are there any barriers that can get in the way of them doing their job effectively for your business? And also, when do you need them? Do you need them every Friday at 5 p.m.? Do you need them any day of the week, Monday through Friday, but they have to be available between eight and three for them to do work. But maybe your due dates are for the end of the week. You have to be clear on the schedule that you need. What are the needs of the business? For example, if you are having individuals call for insurance eligibility, or making phone calls to clients, then you clearly need someone that is available during the times that your ideal clients are available. If you are working with the working class, that means that someone needs to be available in the earlier to the mid evening and afternoon. OK, so role and schedule are things to consider for your admin team. Now, the third one is willingness to learn. So when you're looking at adding team members, please note that they may not know everything right away, but are they teachable? And I like to say coachable. Everybody that comes on my team, I'd like to get to know them for more than just the job that they do for our company, what's your favorite color? When is your birthday? What sign are you? Oh, we got the like um, the podcast manager. We have the same birthday. I think that's so cool, right? So these are things that you want to learn about your team. But most importantly, do they have the capacity to learn more information and take fast action? If they are believing that they know how to do everything and maybe they did something in a previous job and because you use the same system as that previous employer, they don't want to go outside of that box. You're going to run into a problem. So do they have a willingness to learn and are you able to teach them? Number four is communication. This is the holy grail to an effective team. So can they give you feedback and tell you what they need to be successful in their position? And can you do the same? Can you give them feedback? Can you give them constructive feedback and positive feedback, hopefully more of positive every single week, letting them know that you're grateful for them being on your team. You're grateful for them following through on task. But bottom line is, is there an open door where a team member does not have to feel intimidated that they cannot either talk to you or whoever their supervisor is? Number five, celebrate them often. So we just talked about communication with Feedback, And so you want to make sure that you are treating your team members the way that you want it to be treated when you have a job, or maybe if you currently have an employer, maybe this is the way that you want to be treated. So celebrate your team members often give them positive feedback. Prime example is every time I record a video. I will make sure, especially when we're going into launch mode, I will make sure to let my team know in the beginning of the video, I greatly appreciate you being part of the team. On Thanksgiving, I stopped what I was doing and even though they may not celebrate Thanksgiving based on where people are around the world or, you know, not in this country, I'm still going to express my gratitude for them being part of my team. So give them positive feedback. Also, what's very imperative, especially for employees or VAs that are with you full time, is you want to be able to evaluate their performance because that also determines if they are good with you adding things to their plate. Let's just say for them to get more hours or actually work up to the amount of hours that you you know, told them that they would have in the beginning. And you can also give them additional projects that are within their other areas of their genius zone. So one example would be, I'll just use the podcast. So at one point I was editing my own podcast and then I realized how much, much energy that was taken from me to, edit my podcast. So then I went on a website and I had someone do it for me. Then the global pandemic happened. So that person was no longer available. Then I went back to editing my podcast. I also sat down and taught my husband how to edit my podcast. Then I realized that with two kids in the home, that wasn't feasible either. So that's when I reached out and I said, you know what? I need someone that's permanent, not a one-off job every time I decide to record a podcast, but I really am going all in to record 85 podcasts for the remaining part of 2020 to hit a so I need someone that's permanently on my team because this will be my way of also giving my community free value and content throughout the year. So I posted a job application, interviewed a few people, end up selecting a awesome candidate and she is still with us to this day. We hired her in the early summer of 2020 and so she's already surpassed her one year anniversary at the time of this recording. Um, But one of the things that I made sure of is to tell them that I have an open door policy that if you're good at something else, please tell me. And so she had taken a few courses or like a class. And every time that she learned something new, she asked, can she try it? Or she also gave tips of how to get my podcast in front of more people, especially on social media. So every time she gave me a tip, I said, Hey, I'm down to try it. You know, let's try it out. And it's all about extending that olive branch to your team to also let them operate in their genius zone and help you build and grow your business. All the ideas do not have to come from you, even though you may be the visionary and CEO of your business. Number six, you have to understand the contract or time length of when or how long you want to hire someone for. Are you hiring them part-time or full-time? Will they be W-9 or W-2? Now, that is also something that you want to check with in terms of the type of person that you're hiring. If you're hiring a therapist, most boards require that therapists be a W-2 employee, especially pre-licensure. Also, based off your state and business structure, it may also require your employees or team members to be in, uh, W-2 versus W-9. So you definitely want to consult with a tax person about that. But to start off with, are you hiring someone for a project for 30 days? Are you hiring someone ongoing? And if so, is there room for growth? Do you hire them, for example, for um, like we just actually hired a new team member recently for customer service. But I knew going into the holiday season, he's not going to have that much work. But I'd rather spend this time during November and half of December getting him acclimated with our team, with our system, with our online Facebook communities, and giving him one thing at a time to make sure that we answer all his questions. Because once we go into a launch, I don't want to hire someone the first week we're going into a launch because that can be overwhelming, especially if you haven't experienced that before. So I knew that going in, I would need him full time, but I only need him part-time hours For November and December, and then starting in January, we would move into full time because that way he's been accustomed to our project management system and other ways that we run our business and also his role. Okay, so I hope that that's really making sense is you have to communicate that to the person that you're hiring because people also want stability. Um, Number seven, the last um, hiring lesson. And then, of course, I'm going to share with you a for real lesson. You know, I always got my own case study is you want to train them so you don't just want to throw somebody out to the shark. So, for example, with our community manager, I just don't want to say, hey, go on to Canva, create the birthday posts for our clients. You can pre-schedule them if you like. We have three online communities. Here, watch this video. Great luck of you. Or not even give him a video. Just say, you know, you said you know how to run Canvas. So boom, here it is. Here's the templates. Here's the link. Go and look at previous ones. Okay, great. Bye. <laughs> you know, you don't want to throw people out like that. And so just think about it as they're helping you build your business as well. And you want it to come to a point where you no longer have to even tell them what to do. They just know that for example every month you have birthdays. So what I love about my team and I've been very lucky to have good team members in my coaching business as it relates to being a digital CEO and having online coaching programs is that my team has gotten to the point where I'll upload my content and they know what to do with it. I don't have to give all these specific instructions that I was doing before. And especially with certain projects, I don't even have to give deadlines like with social media because they already know, or she already knows what the expectations are, such as I want Two posts every single day. And one of them can be a podcast or a testimonial, but I want two posts every single day, Monday through Friday, including like sometimes Saturdays. Okay. So let me just recap before I go into the hiring lessons and blessings case study. So as a recap, I've shared with you that some of my hiring lessons have been um, knowing what the role is of the person that you've hired by looking at a time audit where your time goes, understanding the schedule in terms of where they will work remotely or in the office and do they have any barriers with the schedule that you have for them? When does the business need them to work? Um, Number three is willingness to learn. Are they teachable and coachable? Number four is communication. Can you give them feedback and are they able to give you feedback and you take it as well. Number five, celebrate them often and give your team motivational, positive feedback. Number six, contract or length of time for their job position. You have to make that decision. Will they be part-time, full-time, W-9 or W-2? And then lastly, number seven is you want to train them and not just throw them out to the sharks. Okay. So I want to take you all the way back to Carrying on from part one is hiring my first set of admin team members in my group practice, and so one of my first admin team members, they were both of them were working. One, I'm going to say, 99% remotely from their homes, and then they would come into my office once a week for a team meeting, also so that they can you know get to know one another. So I hired one that was actually a CNA. She worked in a psychiatric hospital. So one of the reasons why I chose her is because she was acclimated to the psychology clients. Even though ours were more higher functioning, I feel like if she were able to manage working in a high level psychiatric hospital, it would probably be heaven for her to work around our clients or just get to know what higher functioning clients look like. Um, we also later hired a college student who was really eager to learn. So we did an exchange, a bartering process in which she worked. Five hours a week on a volunteer basis with a contract for six months and in return I would give her some things that she needed for college um, including like letters of recommendation okay so both of these individuals were working around the same time they were both working four to five hours per week now when I both hired them clearly because they can help me technically with the same thing I had to then split the roles And so some of the roles included, but we're not limited to, for example, the CNA, because she was more acclimated to a psychiatric background based off where she worked, I thought that she would be best to do the consultations with my new clients to determine if they would be appropriate for my level of care or do they need to go somewhere else, okay? Now, we trained the student to first make the contact by answering the voicemails, adding people to the spread list and contacting people to see, based off of what my availability was, were they available for our in-house consultation team so that they can do a consultation to determine if they can be added to my calendar. So What I'm sharing with you is that I was nowhere in that picture. The only time, and it happened like twice, the only time that I actually got on a phone call with a potential client is when the CNA could not really tell based off the person giving them information if they were the proper level of care. That was really the question. Meaning, should they be with me? Should they be with um, RAP services in LA County, FSP for children? Should they go to a organization that has like groups, individual therapy, substance abuse, you know, different things. But again, I only had to make that phone call two times. And so I split their role as it relates to how they would take care of my potential clients coming on board. Um, Like I mentioned, we also scheduled meetings so that they can meet with me weekly. They both worked remotely. However, Some of the lessons that I learned, which is why I made this seven part list for you, is that working remotely actually became a problem for both of them because of the lack of time management and lack of communication. So, for example, if something was happening with one or both of these individuals on a personal level, they just didn't do their work. And back then we tracked everything through Google Drive. So it's always accurate in terms of what's current and clearly what's not there. So if I log in, just looking at, well, okay, how many new clients do I have? Did anybody populate on my calendar based off my availability? And I'm not seeing any action, but you're coming to the meetings saying that you're fine. You don't have any questions, you know, etc. Once I start seeing a trend, I'm going to speak up because at that point now clients are sitting on my wait list, waiting for me or waiting for someone to schedule an appointment and nothing is happening. So this is why we don't ever want to throw our team members out you know, to the sharks and not track their progress, not evaluate their progress, because especially when they're working with your clients, we want to make sure that there's great customer service and that there's follow through because this is your business's reputation. So also some of the things that I've learned is like life barriers come up with people. So there was no communication with both of these individuals around the same timeframe when they were going through some life stuff. I'll just keep it at that. And so I chose to speak up and say, Hey, Are you okay? Is everything good? I noticed that you were going hard in this area for these many months, and then all of a sudden you fell off. Is there something that I need to know? And one of the things, as an employer, that you need to know is that an employee does not have to tell you, and they were employees, not contractors. Well, one was a volunteer, but they don't have to tell you everything that's going on in their personal life, but you gotta tell me something. And so, once I gave permission or opened up the door for them to open up to me, that's when they told me everything, you know, beyond what I had asked. And I, for one person, had to make the decision to say, this isn't a good fit right now. You have to get this right because it seems like this hasn't been impacting your work. And it sounded like she was just waiting for me to give her that permission to say, you're right. I can't do this job with what I have going on. No problem. Let's wrap things up, etc. Now, that was the CNA. The college student, something similar happened in terms of me logging on to Google and really not seeing any work being done for like a week. And in the private practice world with multiple clients for a group practice, that is a nightmare because clients are sitting on our wait list waiting to be called back. Then we also have clients that need to be transitioned to the consultation person. And so it's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up. So when, again, I reached out to that person and said, hey, I need to talk. And we got on a phone call, actually probably on Zoom. And I asked her, like, what's going on? I'm looking in Google Drive. Um, It looks like there's been no referrals. However, I see via voicemail. We've had multiple voicemails. So what, like, have none of them panned out? to be an ideal client. And her response was, oh, well, yes, but I, I did write them down. And I said, well, they're not written down in our system. And for me, that's how I track stuff. And she knows that. And so she said, oh, I have them written down in my folder. And my thought was, but the folder is not in my system. So, and also where are you keeping this information? Cause now we're talking about HIPAA. And so she said, um, you know, I was meaning to let you know. So basically she explained that she was going through something as well. And that kind of set her back from then transitioning what she wrote down in her notebook, which I don't have a problem writing stuff in her notebook, but transitioning on it onto the spreadsheet and then of course shredding the information. So after corrective action and after it happened about two more times, I ended up having to let her go, which means that she didn't even complete her contract As a volunteer. So some of you may be wondering, did I write the letter of recommendation? The answer is no. I did give her a letter stating that she worked a certain amount of hours, but I did not write the letter of recommendation because to me that would be fraud. I'm being quite real. A letter of recommendation is highlighting your traits. Could I have just highlighted the traits that she did well? Yes, but those well traits turned into non-communicative traits later. And so I don't want to do that. And then what if the recommendation caused me? What am I going to say if they ask me a question in terms of, did this person struggle with anything? I'm not going to lie. And so unfortunately, neither one of them worked out. And that's when I started to get very specific on who I was hiring, what I needed them for, What is their schedule, communication, all those things, evaluations, all those great things. Okay. So I really hope that you're learning from me being very transparent and sharing with you some of the mistakes that, and I'm not even going to call them mistakes anymore. They're more so learning experiences that I have had in my solo and group practice. Um, Now, one last thing that I want to share with you is that you also want to track their work. So as I mentioned with the last individual, because I did have a tracking system, I was able to take it to her and say, hey, there's nothing here and I'm overseeing your work. So just because you are the CEO of your business, you are also the manager unless you can go and hire one like a um, COO, the person over the operations of your business, unless you have someone else that they can report to. You are the person that they report to. You are the person that hires them. You are the person who evaluates them. And so even though it is two different hats and two different roles, a lot of business owners in the beginning, you flip flop back and forth between the both of them. Okay, so I really hope that you've learned that not everyone is a good match. Um, I know that I've learned that for certain roles, but I honestly learned a lot and I would not take any experience that I've had back. Now, in the moment, I was probably irritated, but at the end of the day, I sat still and I always ask myself, even up to current date, What can I learn from this experience? How can I implement it in my business? And then also, how can I share these experiences with my community so that they will not repeat it? So if you've loved this information, please make sure to subscribe to my podcast, follow the podcast. But really where iTunes let me know that people are tuning in and you're taking something from this podcast is when you actually rate me five stars and leave a comment letting me know your biggest takeaway. Now, if you want to connect beyond the podcast and you want to get daily affirmations for your business, all you have to do, and the link is in the bio, you want to text the word abundance to 310-388-8603. Again, text the word abundance to 310-388-8603. Now, also, I have a very big, huge announcement, and you're going to hear it more on future podcasts. It has been determined that the Dope Therapist Academy will be opening its doors at the end of January for the first cohort of 2022, starting in February. So if you also want to learn about the Dope Therapist Academy and you want to be placed on the early bird wait list so that if I have a virtual party, which more than likely I will, then you will definitely be invited to come and assess the health of your business. Then all you have to do is text that exact same phone number, 310-388-8603, and you want to text the code DTA2022. No spaces. No spaces. DTA 2022 to 310-388-8603. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this podcast episode. I will see you or you will tune in to the next one. Bye.